This is Milani and Sasha. Welcome to On Wednesdays We Drink. Cheers. Cheers, love. Oh, that was like a real loud clink. We were so close to the mics so on that oh, one. Oh man, sorry guys. Woo. Need to blow out your ears. We are cheersing. Okay. Um. So, let's do a little life update. What's going on? What's been happening new in your life? A whole lot of nothing. Whole lot of nothing. I thought I love that sigh. That sigh is like the epitome of quarantine right now. Yeah, I mean, I I've definitely been busy with work because we switched our our schedules around to where now on the hotline I'm first responder. Oh, okay. On a day. Okay. So yeah, my Wednesdays are crazy. Okay. But I still get to talk to my clients and all that. That's good. It's nice. Sometimes I feel like Halle Berry on um the operator. 911 operator. Oh, yes. I'm like, call. I'm like, which version of Hallie are we feeling like right now? Yeah, now the other day I had a really bad call and I was like oh, panicking. Trying. I was like, where are you? Oh, yeah. no. That was bad. Okay. But. But they're okay? I don't know. That's okay. the thing. That's where it's like Halle Berry, the moment where she's like, I need answers. I need everything. Just flip my laptop right now. Don't mind me. Go ahead. <laughs> but yeah. Okay. I got through it. You got through it? Did some definite self-care. Yeah, that sounds needed. Yeah, that's pretty much my, what, week and a half? Yeah. I'm just adopting more plant babies. More plants. I was like, how much gardening did you do today? I was out there with Matt for, I don't even know how long, honestly. <laughs> you just lost track of time We had to, like, point. propagate my aloe vera plants because they're just growing a hot mess and they're going to uproot. And then I was bossing that around because I don't like bugs. Yes. And so, like, do this, do that, clean that. <laughs> I love it. He's a good sport about it. I love it. I love that he's always a good sport about it. But, yeah, so now my total plants in my life, in my house, it's, like, 30-something. Wow. 30, 30, no, okay, now it's 34, 35 in my room. Wow. And I have, like, plants in the kitchen. And I have two no three plants in the bathroom I thought I was doing I'm like I'm so proud of myself I have three plants that I haven't killed <laughs> but they're doing great <laughs> like okay we're outside we're in Sasha's room right now and I as soon as I walked through her door I was like oh, your plant she's growing, she's I, growing. she looks so beautiful right now she's doing real well it's like a pathos plant yeah like a, like a viney ivy plant. I think it's called English ivy is like the like layman's name for it. So Yeah, or something like that. But something it's like that. so pretty. It's like cascading down her her bookshelf. I'm so proud. I replanted my fiddle fig today because she was real unhappy <laughs> in how small of a pot I had her in. Which like I knew she was a tree, but I know that like they can grow as small as you let them grow. But she was like, "Nah, bitch, this is a little I'm trying to grow. This is a little too small." <laughs> She's like, "Didn't you hear? Twenty twenty, the humans are having a hard time, but the plants are thriving." So. <laughs> yeah, like your plants in here are growing so well. Like yeah. my little what snake plant that I got you for Christmas. Mm-hmm. That's my so benchmark cute. of how long I've been growing plants is the snake plant you got me for Christmas. I'm like, how long has it been that I didn't fuck up and kill a plant? So, since December. I'm proud of myself. You're, you're getting your little green thumb, and I'm so proud of you. It's like lime green. Like, real bright green. Like, not a healthy <laughs> shade of green. It's like barely coming along a little fluorescence, but 
I don't have that deep green forest thumb that you've got going on over there. 30 fucking plants. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's been a journey. But I'm really proud of myself. So you best believe the oxygen in my room is <laughs> fucking fantastic. You've got the best oxygen around. That's what it is. I'm like... <laughs> She's got the best oxygen. Oh, wait. What are we drinking? I totally just started asking about what's going on in your life. See, in quarantine, um, we just... Lose track of everything. We lose track of everything. Nothing. It's still happening, guys. Yes. It sucks. Number one life update. Although, like, okay, so I think I said on our last podcast, like, certain things are starting to be lifted. Um, Our governor just recently discussed uh, allowing counties to make more decisions about, like, what stores can be open, what regulations they're going to be following, but... So that's going on. I feel like now is just the time of the continued fear and anxiety. Like, we had a little bit of fear and anxiety. I shouldn't say a little. There was a lot of fear and anxiety when all this first started. But now I feel like all of us are reemerging. like, is it safe? I don't think this is a good idea. Maybe we should just stay inside a little bit longer. And I feel like no matter what time period, like what month, any of it starts to happen that we're allowed back out, it's going to be a push and pull between, like, everyone's bored at home and wants to just be out doing shit, and then everybody's stressed out, like, fuck, everyone's out here doing shit. Like, I don't want to be this close to another human. Don't breathe on me. Don't come near me. So, I just, I really believe it's still going to be very interesting next couple months. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, every time I go out to get, like, the essential stuff, mm-hmm. I hate it. Mm-hmm. It's like I've been so isolated that being around people gives me anxiety now. But then also it's that fear of, like, people are being reckless, openly rude. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, get away from me and giving you dirty looks. Like, why Why are you here then? So I'm just trying to get We are both family. outside of the house right now. You can't give me the stink eye if you are also outside <sighs> of your fucking house. Like, no. It's like, I have a mask. Oh, but because I don't have gloves on and you do, like, oh, shame on me. You're not a terrible person. It's like, how about, can we just all band together and shame the people who aren't wearing a mask? How about we just do that? But, yeah, so I feel like, I honestly feel like it's going to be a very interesting couple of months. I think it'll stay interesting through the fall because there's the fear of a resurgence in fall. So, this whole year is about to just be bad shit. Yeah. Yeah, even my job, we're like... We were supposed to come back May 15th. And mm-hmm. I was like, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. That's no. Gonna happen. And then we had a meeting and they're like, yeah, so we don't know what we're going to do. People are like, random people at our job are freaking out. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, that's their own thing. Whatever. Right. Right. However they deal with stress is how they deal. <sighs> but they're all talking about we need to deep clean our office. and Which is probably smart. Yeah, but expensive, and that'll be dipping into our funding. Oh, that's true. And yeah. I was just like, give me hazard pay, and I'll I will clean, clean that bitch for you. <laughs> like, trust me, my cleaning skills, I can do it. It's like, give me two days top, and it'll be in perfect shape. Yep. But anyway, so what we're drinking today. Yeah, sorry. What are we drinking? <laughs> we are drinking a yogi tea blend. So it's honey lavender stress relief. I yeah. felt it was very appropriate. I think it's a good choice, especially for the topic we chose to talk about today. Yes. Some nice stress-relieving tea is good. It's really, it has a light sweetness to it. I don't I don't think we've had this on the podcast. No, we haven't done this one yet. Okay, yeah. I think we might have mentioned this one when I, like, talk shit about you having your tea under your bed. Because <laughs> I think you mentioned that you had this in the blend of, like, 9,000 teas that popped out of your magical tin. 
But, no, I don't think we've done this one. I just restocked that tin, too. You just restocked. I'm not fucking yeah. surprised. And about four boxes of uh, jasmine Four tea. boxes. I go through jasmine four green boxes. tea like crack. I mean, I guess I shouldn't judge because Sable and John went to Costco's and bought, like, the three-pound bag of coffee. and we <laughs> oh, Three pounds? We usually do one pound and they bought the three-pound one. And when they came in, me and my mom both were like, oh, yes! So, um, yeah, I can't judge. I can't judge. Speaking of coffee, side note, sorry, guys. Go ahead. Today, my dad cracked me up because, as you know, he's a major coffee lover. Yeah, he's a crack okay. addict like me. So Nikki has like her little ritual of having coffee and breakfast with her boyfriend, Jeremy. Okay. So my dad is getting ready for work. He has his coffee like in the pot. <laughs> um, and he has his little thermos or whatever that he's like, everything's good to go. So that way he can just pour his coffee in and then get out of the house and go to work. Respect. I get it. I get it. <laughs> He started pouring the coffee, and me and Matt are having our little breakfast um, at the table, and he's like, what the fuck is this? Who makes coffee like this? And he's pouring it, and he's, like, getting more more agitated as he's pouring coffee oh, into no. his big mug. Oh, no, what happened? And he's like, your sister doesn't know how to make coffee. Who makes coffee like this? <laughs> and he, he starts pouring it. He tells me and Matt to look at him, and he's like, look at this shit. And he starts pouring it into the sink. And it's, like, really light-colored liquid. No. And he goes, there's no even coffee in here. And oh. he's so annoyed. And I was like, uh, are you going to have to make coffee? Yeah, you're going to have, have to make time? a whole brand new pot. I was like, are you going to have time? Like, you need to leave, like, now. No. And he's just like, well, it's going to happen. It's just going to have to happen. You just got to make the time. <laughs> it was so funny. And what made me laugh was... <laughs> Um, he was warming up these, like, potato ball, like, meat things. Oh, from Portos? Yeah. 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 Uh-huh. So he... I love how you know that. <laughs> <laughs> Girl, pastries? Oh, come on now. Yeah, so he was warming that up because he was, I guess he was in a snack on that mm-hmm. on the way. So I'm making dinner today, and I opened up the microwave. He left it. He was so agitated. <laughs> He was so pissed that Nikki made <laughs> shitty coffee that he forgot his potato balls. Oh my god. That is the best story ever. And legit, when he was putting on his shoes, he was still like, she doesn't know how to make coffee. <laughs> <laughs> he was so annoyed. I was like, damn. So when Nikki, you know, when Nikki came in, I was like, dude, you oh. made shitty coffee. Oh. Dad was pissed. And she was like, what? She started laughing. I was like. I relate, he was mad. <laughs> I relate so hard to that because you know I don't do mornings. So, like, if I wake up and you're like, hey, I made you coffee, and I'm like, and fuck yeah, coffee. I don't have to wait to make myself <laughs> coffee. I'm already late because I'm perpetually late. Then I go to pour that in and it's light brown water. The fuck? <laughs> Hell no. Now I'm so mad because not only did you waste beans and my time, <laughs> But now I gotta make more that's gonna make me even later. I would almost feel like texting my boss, be like, bruh, these bitches done fucked up. Told me they made me coffee. This is a light brown shit. Send him a video of me pouring it. My boss is also a coffee head. So he'd probably text me back and be like, uh uh-uh. uh, take the time that you need. I understand. Mourn, make more, and then come in. Mourn. <laughs> yeah. God. I just laughed because he was so mad. 
And then, like, Matt and I, we went to the combined kitchen. Oh, okay. So we got coffees there, and I got, like... They're open? Yeah. The, okay. From 9 to 2. Do they do pickup? No, you can go in and order. Do you... Are you allowed to sit in there? No, you can't. Oh, okay. I was like, God, my social anxiety is coming through real strong right there. I was like, no, people, don't sit at the table. <laughs> Go yeah, the fuck you can, home. You can pick up. There, it was so crazy because that place is always so busy. Yeah. It was just me and Matt in there. And I was like, this is weird. Please it's, don't close down. Please I don't love close. It. I love their stuff. God. Yeah, so I was trying to, like, offer him. I was like, well, would you like a sip of coffee? Well, and you then, make more. <laughs> he was like, what is it? And I go, oh, vanilla latte. He goes, that's not even coffee. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, nope, nope, not at all. Oh, God. Jeez. Oh, Damn. Don't kill me. But anyway, I thought that was hilarious. I today. respect that. I do. <laughs> I get it. Like, deeply in my soul, I get it. He's going to listen to this and just roll his eyes, probably. I'm going to text him and be like, who did this and why? And <laughs> <laughs> just be like, I'm so sorry you had to go through that. That's sorry, all. I'm sorry Nikki's a shitty dog. <laughs> Sounds fucking terrible. I'm going to have to pull Nikki aside and be like, look, the only thing that's saving you is that you bake. Otherwise, I'd murder you right now. <laughs> But let me teach you how to make a proper pot. Like, fuck. Anyway, sorry. But yeah. You got me hot thinking about bad coffee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> Drink your tea. Your stress relief tea. Right? Take a big gulp. <sighs> cool. But anyway, yeah, this tea is yummy. It's one of my, like, top favorites. Um, Which is difficult for you to have a really top. It really is. Like, you can definitely taste... The lavender, mm-hmm. but it has that subtle sweetness from from the honey. honey. Yeah, but there, I didn't even realize I was reading out to uh, Sasha's sister Sable, and there's like so many other stuff. There's lemon balm, lemongrass, spearmint, peppermint, hmm. sage leaf, passion flower. There's a bunch going on in this tea. Okay, so okay, it's a lovely blend. I'm down with it. It's tasting great. I appreciate it. I purposely heavy poured on Nani's cup because I was like, the tea whore that she is, I'm yes. going to give her slightly more. I'm like almost done with my tea. <laughs> I think, are we at the same spot? Yeah. Yeah, that's sad. I have way less and we're at like the same place in our cup. Um, yeah. Anyways. Um, I think the only life update I have for me, it's not even my life update, but I'm just dying to get your reaction from this. No, so right. I saved it and didn't tell you. <laughs> not that it's anything important. It's just, Yeah. So, have you heard the news that Stephanie Myers is coming out with Midnight Sun? Oh, yeah! Yeah. Yep. I did! I was like, it's like the prequel to everything, right? So, here's what I've heard it is. Okay, so for anyone who does not know what the fuck we're talking about, Stephanie Myers wrote the Twilight series. I know, you guys can boo if you want to. I don't care! Boo away. Honestly, I boo myself, but... No, no. Me and Nani both were, like, huge Twihards in high school. It was everything. We watched all of the movies. We read all of the books. Yeah. So, Midnight Sun is supposed to be Twilight from Edward's perspective. (gasps) Yeah. So, I'm on the fence about if I love this or if I hate this. Why would you hate it? Because, okay, so, problem number one, you know I reread my least favorite book when I was, like, 23 and realized all of the problematic shit. yeah. In yeah. that series. There's a lot of problems with the Twilight There's series. There's so much. I was like, God, this is like an emotionally codependent relationship. He's emotionally manipulative of her. She has no sense of self outside of this person. Like, there is clear <clears throat> signs of deep depression that are just, like, not being looked at and not being talked to. So I'm like, okay, I just, it's hard for me to support it now yeah. as a full adult who recognizes that, like, there's a lot of mental health issues happening throughout this entire series 
that we and it's all like boasting an unhealthy relationship. Completely pushing that like, hey, everything in your life that's terrible is going to be fixed with this fucked up unhealthy relationship. And I'm like, mm, adult yeah. me is having a hard time supporting this. And then on top of that, she's a shitty writer. Like, there's no saving her. She's a shitty writer. She repeats the same phrase like 39, 67 times throughout the entire book. She has fragmented sentences, which can be done constructively and done like really tastefully in literature to have like a good grounding moment. No, no, they just feel thrown in. And I'm like, well, this is just fucking useless. Her word choices all over the place. I'm sorry, I will get off my rant. Um, so <laughs> I'm having a hard time with if I if I'm like excited. So my teen in myself, the inner teen in me. Yeah, go for it. Just excited. Because I do, I did The inner Edward. teen in me is excited because I loved Edward. Team Edward all the way, guys. The adult in me who reread it, who realized how problematic Edward was, is worried. And the adult in me who realized how poorly written that novel was, is worried. I'm like, it's the same fucking author. I highly doubt in these last couple of years she's, like, taken enough classes to fix her bad oh writing gosh. skills. <laughs> so I don't know if I'm going to... going to come for you. Do it. <laughs> Do it! Let's start this Twitter war. I will take you apart. Do it. Oh my gosh. Anyway. Yeah, so I don't know if I'm excited to read it to see what happens. Because your inner teen and your adult might fight. They're they're already fighting. They were fighting the second I found out the news. I was like, well, fuck. This is about to just be a mental battle until I read it because I know myself. I'm gonna... We should do a little mini book club between you and me. And we read it? We'll FaceTime and discuss. Okay. And like, okay. Inner teen me was ecstatic. Adult me was like, fucking what the pissed. fuck are you doing? <laughs> Real upset right now. I don't know, maybe, I mean, I have hope. Maybe, like, a, she will recognize that all the adult fans are like, bruh, this is problematic. And she'll, like, rewrite enough of it that we can understand a little bit but better. But she can't, though. But you really can't. Because Cause we know what happens. Yeah, we know what happens, and if this is, like, his perspective. You can't change the course of events. They already happened. Yeah, you can't make him less manipulative. No, no. And I'm like, even showing me, like, the soft, tender underbelly side of someone doesn't change the fact that they're manipulative. Like, I'm sorry you had a rough life. That doesn't mean that you get to be a dick. So, yeah, anyways. Ooh, yeah. I'm having a hard time. <laughs> Crisis number nine million for Sasha's week. I'm having a hard time about a book. That sounds on par for me. <laughs> it really does emotionally unstable because of something I may or may not read. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know, dude. I don't know. I'm excited. Well, I was excited, but then I get what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Just like how I watched all the boys. Mm -hmm. And like the adult you (laughs) was having a hard time. Fuck Peter Kaczynski, whatever his name is. Peter Kavinsky. Don't have something name. I know you He's hate. a trash I human. Know, I know, He's a I know. He's I haven't watched it now because I'm scared. Because I'm like, I know adult me is going to understand. I love the first one. I absolutely love the first one. But then, I don't know what the hell I was smoking. It's like, that movie came out when I was with Matt. And mm-hmm. like, you know, good, healthy relationship that yeah. I'm in. Yeah. But I, I ate it up. I was like, oh my god, this is so cute. Even Matt was like, oh, that's pretty cute. because you're obsessed I, with love. You know this. But then I was just like, what the hell happened in the second one? I don't know. He isn't piece of shit. I don't know. I'm worried. I'm worried. This is my problem. This is really the reason why I very rarely read YA literature because adult me 
just fights with all of the things that happen in YA novels. And I'm like, I get that it's overdramatic. I'm an overdramatic person. Teens are always overdramatic. So yeah, every YA novel is overdramatic. Age group. Which I get, and I'm totally on board with and I'm okay with. But all of the ones that just, like, perpetuate negative relationships or really unhealthy relationships are the ones that I'm like, why do we do this to teenagers? To I'm like, yeah. this is why when we enter our early 20s, we're fucked up. Because we've read all of these things, and we've seen all of these things, and we think... And we're think, looking for those types of qualities yeah. in our people. So we date douchebags, and we're like, why do I keep getting my heart broken? It's because we watch this trash. Because of Peter Kavinsky. Because of fucking <laughs> Edward Cullen. Because we did this for years to ourselves. Anyways, I'm on a soapbox for a while. I need okay. to stop okay. myself. okay, okay. okay. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Let me just, I'm gonna move on. I'm gonna move on. Otherwise, I won't move on. So today's topic, I feel like you know, I ranted to to make things nicer for us because we're gonna actually go kind of heavy for today. But we felt it was really appropriate, um, especially because we are such good friends, and it's not something that we perpetuate for the sake of this podcast. That's just legit who we are to each other. We are very very close. Um, so for today's topic, we are going to be talking about how to be a good friend in a crisis. And I'm sure all of us have been going through a lot these last couple of months with quarantine, with just general anxiety about the state of the world, um, state of health, all of those things that are going on. Like it's pushed us all to sometimes a really dark place. Sometimes things can be super productive when you're in quarantine and you can look at it really positive and be like, when have I had the chance to just like not be beholden to an alarm clock but other times it can get it can get really tough and I think being a good friend during that time can look differently to a lot of people and is something that like we might have to discuss if this is the first time that you're going through something really difficult with someone that you actually really care about Mm -hmm. so uh yeah so for today we're talking about being a friend during a difficult time and for our sipping on story time segment where we share stories and discuss with each other we're going to each talk about a time that we went through something kind of difficult in our lives and how we were able to be there for each other and just to kind of give some general advice on how you can be there for someone that you really care about, whether it's a friend, a sibling, um, a cousin, a significant other, whatever it may be. So yeah, I think I'm going to have you go first with your story. Okay. So the when we first were like coming up with what we're going to talk about during the podcast. Um, we were, like, brainstorming. But the the one story that I have that came to mind was when I first experienced Matt's uh, tonic-clonic seizure. Oh, that's what it's called. Okay. Yeah. It used to be called grand mal seizures. Okay. But now it's tonic-clonic, I believe. I'm pretty sure. Um, I didn't witness it firsthand like that scary time I talked about on a few episodes ago mm-hmm. um I was talking with him like on the phone and then I don't know like we were talking everything was fine and then all of a sudden like just this weird sound came out and we were just about to hang up and I was like wait what and then I just hear like footsteps running and it was his mom mm. And his mom was like, Matthew, and she, just the panic in her voice, like, my heart just, like, leapt into my chest, and it was just, ugh, it was just really heartbreaking to hear, um, you know, somebody so affected by it, and, um, you know, he was going through it, and then his mom picked up the phone, and was like, um, he's okay, and she's like, 
talking through tears and she was like I'm gonna let him get situated and then he'll he'll probably call you back and I was like okay so I kind of spiraled mm-hmm. during that because like I knew Matt had epilepsy he had little episodes um they were like the the facial seizures so it was something that I had to get used to but the whole tonic clonic like that something that's something that was discussed but it never really hit inside my head that was like but this is like a real thing yeah it's like concrete or anything right it was just like okay like you get it every so often and it's been so um certain amount of years since you've last had one so it it was like it was in the back of my mind but it wasn't something that was prevalent that I was thinking about right so although I didn't I didn't uh, witness it firsthand it's still pretty scary Mm -hmm. hearing it on the phone and just seeing, like, I can only imagine, like, being there, seeing him go through that, and then his mom be that upset. Yeah. And she's, she's been dealing with this. His whole life. His whole life, practically. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, damn, like, she's not used to it. So I just started spiraling. I started thinking, like, well, what's going to happen to your future? I'm, like, I don't think I was crying, but I was, I was definitely scared. I was just like, well, what kind of future can we have? Is this something that I'm going to be strong enough to overcome? Is this something that, you know, if we're living on our own and we do decide to get married, is this something that I can handle? Like, what if he's driving and this happens? And just all these outcomes and situations were popping up in my head. And I had to, I had to text Sasha and I was just, or did I call you? No, I think you texted me. I think you texted me. I don't think we were on the phone for this. Yeah, I, I texted you late night, which is usually an indication that something's up because, yeah. because of my job. I try to go to sleep early. I used to be able to stay up with Sasha, and we would talk, like, till like, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Your girl can't do that anymore. That is not a thing anymore. It's that not a thing. not a thing. Now, during quarantine times, yes, it's a thing, because my sleep schedule is, is fucked. wrecked. It's fucked. <laughs> I'm, I'm slowly getting it back on track. Which is good. Thanks to my weighted blanket. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very happy for you. I'm telling you, that shit needs to suffocate me. I mean... It's like suffocating me, like, bitch, go to sleep. I'm real worried for you, but I'm happy that you're happy. Yeah. Yeah. But no, you text me. You for sure text me late. <laughs> and it was definitely one of those, like, hey, I'm kind of stressed right now. Do you Can you can you talk? And I was like, oh, shit, it's like 11 o'clock. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I was like, hey, are you up or something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's <laughs> even worse. <laughs> That's You're like, even worse. If she hits me with, like, a 11.30 midnight, hey, are you up text, I'm like, oh, fuck. What happened? Yeah, I need to, I need to unleash my soul on you. Yep. Um, yeah, so I just, like, started panicked texting Sasha all my thoughts um, about the situation, and I think I was just so overwhelmed that I passed out. Yeah. And then... Yeah, and then you were like, are you okay? What's going on? Do you need me to come over? Do you need to come over? She was just, like, panicking. And I think the last text was like, I think you're asleep. So, <laughs> so I'm going to go to bed. <laughs> but call me. Yeah, because I'm over here texting her novels back yeah. after all the things that she said to me. Because that's just kind of who I am as a person and as yeah. a texter. Especially, like, if you either text me in crisis or you text me asking for advice. Like, you are 100% guaranteed to get, like, five texts in a row and all of them are three paragraphs long. Like, you yeah. are guaranteed to get that. So Matt looked at our text messages one time and he's like, oh my gosh, <laughs> what do you guys talk about? I was like, I don't know, the weather on a Tuesday? That's I mean. I can get 
real verbose off He's of like, very you small things. really put a lot of detail in your text. And I'm like, well, duh, we need to paint the picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was, she was rapid fire texting with all of these, like, what ifs, all this, like, future tripping shit of, like, I don't know what's going to happen. I was freaking myself out, basically. You really were. Because I'm, I want to say to an extent, I'm a planner. Mm-hmm. I would because agree. Because I want to make sure that my future sick like secure and it's always been ingrained in me like you need to work hard you need to have this job you need to do this and blah 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 because you want a good future like that so that's always been a stressor on my life yeah and just adding epilepsy into the mix I mean I'm sure if anybody has anyone that they love with epilepsy or they have epilepsy themselves yeah you don't have peace of mind it's so random it just yeah. And it just, like, throws your planning spirit, like, out the window. It's like, yeah, you can't really plan for this. You can't. And it's so unexpected. Mm-hmm. And I actually did have a conversation with uh, Matt's mom. She was like, I was over at his house, and um, I guess a coworker of hers, their family member had, like, a stroke or something, and it caused epilepsy because it was, like... Oh, it, it damaged a part of the brain? Yeah, it damaged some sort of part of the brain. And... Um, his mom was saying that the coworker was like, oh, like, you're used to this, so, like, how do you, <laughs> his mom was taken back, like, uh, used to you it. never get used to it. No. Like, yes, you're more prepared, and you act, you have to act in that moment, right. but you're never gonna be like, oh, you're having a seizure. Easy okay. peasy, let's like, just oh, go that's through another one. this. Hey, are you doing okay? No, it's like, you just never know which seizure can be the one that takes them away. Or you have to have, like, emergency situation where you right. have to either do CPR, you need to call 911. It's just, yeah, you never have a peace of mind. So right. that, that knowing that freaked me out even more so because I'm like, this is what I'm trying to do in my life. And then what is that book? So you going to do with this? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, passed out. I usually do that when I'm so stressed out. I need to text it out. Either text it out, cry it out, something. So I wake up. <laughs> I wake up <laughs> to all these texts. Now wait, pause. She had, she's spiraling and text me. So now she sent me into a full panic. I'm like, fuck. I don't know what's going on. I hope she's okay. Should I call her? Should I just go down to her house? I'm like texting novels to her and getting nothing in response, which is just stressing me even yeah, more. Yeah, so I put Sasha into crisis. You did. Bit. You did. It's okay. I'm emotional. It's fine. I'm used to it. But, but yeah, I, I awoke uh-huh. to these beautiful text messages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was Sasha... She's such a romantic person. I'm not. You are. I don't want to own that. So. You're low-key. You're low-key romantic as fuck. Keep that quiet, okay? She's low-key no. romantic. I'm cutting that out. I do the editing. I'm cutting that out. Anyway. So, the romantic person, that is Sasha. The demon that took hold of my body no, that no. wanted me to be romantic. No. Anyway. <laughs> we have my fucking moment. Go ahead. Go ahead. Do you. So I wake up to these beautiful texts, and it was just like, no, you guys are meant for each other. You guys have true love. This is real. Don't be afraid. 
I'm dying right now. <laughs> She's like, what you have is special. We love Matt. And you guys are meant to be. It is fate. You're talking about fate for a good while. And I, I was like, I damn. Could, I could imagine me having a whole conversation about destiny and fate and all of that. I was just like, did Shakespeare inhabit <laughs> Sasha's body right now? Damn. I read so much romance that, like, if you get me started on a romance topic, I will write you a novel. Like, I really will. And I love Matt. So, yeah, I kind of I kind of went in on text yeah, messages. She was, like, <laughs> she was reassuring me. Yeah. But then also, like, scolding me, like, you do not need to be afraid. Don't let this get a hold of you. It's just fear. You guys are meant for each other. And, like, moral of that. The stars have a lie. <laughs> outside of my over-dramatization and romanticizing everything. But I think... For you and I, that was what you needed to hear. You needed yeah. the reassurance that you knew you were going to get from me. and But you also needed the little bit of scolding that you knew you were going to get from me. Like, yeah. I feel like you and I have such a healthy balance in our relationship where we know we can just be honest with each other. And sometimes being honest is where we have to look at each other and be like, yo, you're being kind of crazy right now. You need to calm the fuck down. And... The fact that you were so accepting of that when I say that to you was is what makes it work. Is the the fact that I can go on for like a six page rant about your love and your fate and your <laughs> destiny, while also still slightly scolding you, be like, let go of your fears, stop acting like this. You guys are fine, kind of a deal. Is why you woke up and read that and you're like, yeah, I guess she's kind of right. Yeah, because I mean, I think I had people in my life. I. I don't know if I still do or those people still think that way, but it was kind of like, well, this is what's going to happen. This is your partner that you chose. They have epilepsy. They might not be able to provide for you. You guys are always going to be struggling. It's like that negative chatter was in in my, like ingrained in my mind already. Mm -hmm. And I was like, fuck, like this is true. I mean, to a point it is kind of true, but it's like, but it's not the whole story. Yeah, it's not the whole story, and I I had to tell myself, like, this is the person that I love, Uh and it's just like, yeah, we are going to struggle, but at the same time, like, the romantic in me is, I would much rather struggle and be with somebody that, you know, puts my needs first sometimes, adores me, Uh is very positive with me, Uh doesn't make me feel like shit, makes me happy, enjoys the things that I like, um... helps me experience new things in my life. Like, he's just an awesome guy, and it's just like, It's like, if you're going to sacrifice something for a love, it'd be much better. It's better to sacrifice, like, financial security than something really concrete and supportive that you feel like you need in that relationship. Like, money's going to come and go, but if you have someone who you connect with that well and who you really feel that kind of love and connection with, then that's not something that you want to sacrifice. And I think that was, like, kind of the gist of what I was texting you. Yeah, and it's just, like, I feel so, like, super secure with Matt. And it's just, like, my other relationships that I had, I was with a really emotionally, mentally draining person. Yeah. And I just, I constantly felt like I was never enough. I was, I always felt that something was wrong with me. Mm-hmm. And I it caused a lot of, like, body issues. And it just caused a lot of trust issues. But with Matt, it's just, like, you get what you get. You get what you see. And he's just, like, this happy-go-lucky guy. Mm-hmm. He's, he doesn't have a chip on his shoulder because of his epilepsy. Like, he's just... There's just... there's hot, He just... 
flows positivity. Yeah. <laughs> yes. There's a little ball of sunshine over there. I'm just yeah. like, fucking stop. But, like, I love you. <laughs> but, yeah. So, it was really reassuring to hear that from from somebody. And especially someone from my support system. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. You were very you. welcome. Thank you for fighting for our love. I, I mean, <laughs> I fight for your love more than, like, anything else. It's problematic, I have to say. I also love, I do this to you all the time, and I love you because you go with it every time I do it. I'm like, we need him. We love him. (laughs) (laughs) I never, like, 95% of the conversation I'm saying, like, things about Nalani and Matt, like, how their relationship is and all of that jazz. But, like, a little 5%, I got to throw myself in there. I'm like, no, 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 we chose him. (laughs) We would like him to stay. We need this to work out. You go call him and fix the fight because we want him back. (laughs) (laughs) And you just go with it. You're like, yeah, yeah, okay, I see your point. (laughs) That's my number one reason why I love Matt. I get to say shit like that around him. And he's like, oh, thanks. And it's not like creeped out or weird or like, this is not your relationship. I'm not dating you. He just knows. He knows. He's like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm loved. Very much. It's great. It's great. It's like, yeah, you you need me. <laughs> it's like, I don't actually want a relationship with you. I just have a relationship with Nalani. Therefore, I'm a package deal. You can't. <laughs> you can't get her if I don't like you. So, sorry. But yeah. I love him. It's great. So it all works out. Yeah. But anyway, what is uh, your crisis situation? <sighs> so, my moody, all over the place, crazy ass. I'm yourself. I'm in fucking crisis, like, weekly. Like, let's just be Daily. real. Daily's probably more accurate. I was, oh my god, I meant to tell you this when you came over. I laughed at myself earlier today, because I woke up in a good mood, and I got, you already know where this is going. I woke my up. face is in my palm right now, guys. She's done with me, and I'm not even into what happened. She's I done with me. I had to explain me. to Matt today. I was like, Sasha is moody. Yeah. I love her. And she pisses me off sometimes. Yeah. But she's moody. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm. And he's like, but why? Why? I don't know. There's literally never a reason. You're not missing anything. There's literally never a reason. That's why tea, coffee, wine, or food. Yeah. It usually helps eliminate some of the moods. Majority of that will be eliminated. At least, at least enough for me to talk about why I'm in a mood. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so I wake up. Have to feed the she demon. You have to feed the she demon, otherwise it just stays cranky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, continue. You're what good. is going on with <laughs> Nothing, and that's what's wrong. <laughs> I wake up in a good mood. I like go downstairs. Sable's working from home. I'm off today. <laughs> uh, I made. I drink some coffee. I'm playing with the dogs. All is good. But on this. On her Mondays that she works from home, she has, like, a bunch of tutoring sessions back-to-back. So I usually try to, like, be around so that I can corral the dogs because my dogs are disrespectful and they bark constantly. So she was, like, she was in the middle of a tutoring session, so I was, like, helping corral the dogs. And then there was going to be, like, an hour break. I was, like, I can go upstairs and shower and get ready for the day because I had some stuff that I wanted to do. And I was, like, okay, I can do that now and make sure I come back downstairs for her next one. Or I can do yoga but then if I do yoga, I have to wait, like, three hours to shower and get ready. She's got two, like, sessions and phone calls back-to-back after that. So it'll be, like, two hours of it. Yeah. And I was like, but it makes no sense for me to shower and get ready and then sweat and do yoga. So I'm just going to do yoga now. So I did yoga, which got interrupted by the dogs because I live in a zoo. 
Um, but I finished my like, it was really good. It was like a 45 minute vinyasa flow. It was great. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I do my yoga. I hang out with the dogs. I go upstairs. I get ready. I was going to stage some photos for stuff. And then she's like, hey, our order's ready from Target and my order's ready from Home Depot. Do you mind going to Home Depot first? I'm like, fuck, I had a plan. I had shit that I needed to get done. I put it on hold so I could corral the dogs for you. Now I got to leave. Now I'm going to lose sunlight. It's not going to be well lit. So now I'm in a mood. Oh my God. Which is... 100% 100% not my sister's fault. 100% not my sister's fault. And I'm in a mood. And I'm like, okay, I'll go with you. Because I made that purchase for Target. So I should fucking go with you. Fine. So I go with her. I pick up the stuff. We go to Starbucks. And I'm like, my stomach hurts. And I realize I haven't eaten all day. And I'm like, oh, maybe that's also why I'm crazy. Oh, Lord. You're hangry. <laughs> oh, so we get home. I'm still kind of in a mood. And then I eat and I start to feel better. And I was like, <laughs> I was cranky because I had She would have bought you a Snickers, damn it. <laughs> and then I drank coffee after that. And I was like, okay, I'm in a better mood now. <laughs> so oh. needless to say, I'm constantly in crisis. So trying to choose a story for this was kind of difficult for me. It's <laughs> like, I text you and complain all the time. Like... Being slightly cantankerous is, like, one of my favorite pastimes. I love to complain about shit. And I love to be... I don't love to be in crisis. It just happens to me a lot. It just... It, we just let it happen. It's a natural state of being. Poor Matt. I didn't know you had to explain to him that I was moody. Bless his soul. I'm like, yeah, sorry, bro. I'm gonna need to be with a patient man. And or a man who is also moody. Because then we just no, get it. No! No! Then we just get it. No! That's fine no. with me. I'm fine with no, being with someone who's moody. you need a patient moody. man. No. I can't handle it. We need I'm bo- like coming. I come over and you're you're both in, in a mood. I'm gonna just start saging. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't just leave. You like open the door and you could just no. I'm like this can't be feel like this. the energy. And you just see the two of us sitting there. She's like nope. Closes the door right back. No, I'm gonna sage that shit. We'll see. Smoke your demons. I out. honestly feel like the universe will love to fuck with me because I'm super. I am a very patient person. So I feel like I'm gonna end up with someone who's just as patient as I am, but also just as moody. No. Just because the universe wants to fuck with me. It's like, here, girl, taste your own medicine. Oh, no. You woke up cranky, he woke up cranky. Oh, God. <laughs> Who gonna last the longest? Like, <laughs> go over silence in the house. <laughs> <laughs> All you need is a judgmental cat in this situation. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. The three of you <laughs> in different corners looking at each other, glaring, sipping coffee. No, thank you. I, I choose the patient man for you. Please, please, if I end up with someone moody, buy me a judgmental cat. <laughs> I need it. I oh need it. Gosh. An all-black, super judgmental cat sitting on the ledge, slowly knocking shit down. <laughs> Licking its tail. No. Oh, Both me and him are just watching shit break. Like, are you going to do something? And he looks at me. <laughs> <laughs> he stares back at me. Are you going to do something? <laughs> can't please <laughs> guys i've seen my future and it's great <laughs> it is bright i regret saying that <laughs> oh, she's getting ideas now i'm so excited and then we have a happy-go-lucky dog who's just sitting there wagging confused. his tail confused like guys guys let's just love he starts coming over to me whimpering <laughs> like help <laughs> like yeah i don't know what's happening in my take house. your dog for a walk guys <laughs> needs me 
We both just sit there and grunt, holding our cups. You're like, fuck this house. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, my God. Anyways, okay. So, crisis. So, (laughs) clearly I got a lot. Um, But what I told Nani, I was like, I feel like 80% of the time I text her either, like, in full crisis or semi-crisis. And I really just want to vent. Like, I don't need advice. I'm not looking for help in this situation. I just want to complain and just get it all out there. And then all of a sudden my mood lightens and I can see the light. And I'm like, oh, okay, part of this problem was me just being bitchy. And then I can just move on from it. But like 20% of the time I text her and I really need her advice and I really need her help and her to just like to be that person that I go to. Like you and my sister are probably the two people that I go to the most about like, I'm having a hard time with something and I don't really know what to do. I don't know how I feel about this. It's like number one question that I have is like, I don't understand how I'm feeling. Help me figure out how I'm feeling. And then figuring out what to do once I figure out what I'm feeling. So a couple years ago, um, I had decided to start a master's program for library and information science. So I don't know if I've ever actually said that I work at a library on our podcast before, but I work at a library. So ta-da. Um, <laughs> have I? I feel like you have. Okay. But then again. Who knows? We've been friends for forever. And yeah. that just might be you like, just well, know, duh. You just Everybody know these knows. things. You just know these things about me. But before I got my library job, I had started applying to a bunch of library jobs. It actually took me like a year to get hired there. So if anyone's out there applying for stuff. Because <laughs> it's city. Um, it's, it's rough. Just keep going. Just keep pushing, you guys. Um. So during that like year long time of me doing applications and not getting interviews and all this jazz, I decided to apply for the master's program for it because I learned that to be a librarian, I have to have a master's degree. So I apply for this program. I get into this program. I start it and I fucking hate it. Like I dread going to class. It's virtual, so I don't have to actually show up at a class, but I dread doing all of my classwork. Like I just, I don't want to do any of the reading. I'm super not motivated for it. And like, I was worried that I just couldn't do online school because my first degree was out of brick and mortar. So I was used to walking into a classroom, like seeing my professor, being able to have those conversations with them. And I was really stressed that like, I can't operate under online school parameters and this is just not going to work for me. And then I wasn't sure if I hated the program, if I hated the way it was delivered, if I just hated the kinds of classes that I was having, but it was just not what I thought I was getting myself into. Like doing a degree in English where it was a ton of reading, a ton of writing, a lot of like analysis and theories and proving what you think of something like all of that excites me all of that I love doing and then I had to go from that to something that felt very rigid and like really sciencey no offense to anybody who likes science but it was a lot of like oh it just didn't make sense it was like it was I don't know like it just it wasn't you there was there's a usefulness for it as I clearly still work in libraries there is a use for having this particular degree I can see how some of the stuff that I studied and would have studied would be super useful but it was ugh, it was not for me you were right it was just it was rough I was having a really really rough first semester and then I can't remember something else happened during that time period but like a bunch of other personal shit happened during that time period too and I was like stressed and overwhelmed and really unsure of myself and I'm a nerd we have discussed this multiple times I am a nerd I love school so the fact that I didn't love school was the weirdest thing to me and I didn't get it that was red flag number one yeah that was red flag number one that I just like 
speed bump past. I was like, no, 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 no. This is, there's a problem with me, not a problem with school. Yeah. But I was stressed. I hated it. And I had to sit myself down and I was like, fuck, I think I want to drop out. I think I don't want to finish this program. And that was the worst thought to have for someone who's such a nerd and who prizes education as much as I do. I was like, I can't drop out of a program. I can't Mm -hmm. stop a program. I can't, I've started this degree. I have to finish this degree. It's like a two year degree, two years, no time. Like there's no way I can not do this. But like deep, deep in the back of my brain, I was like, I should just fucking stop. Like I'm, I hate this so much. So I was like, maybe I can just take a semester off and like reevaluate and come to it afterwards. And I was like, I don't really know. So I texted Nalani and I was like, hey, I got a question. <laughs> She's like, okay, what's going on? So I was texting her about it. I was explaining the entire situation to her about it. And what did you say? No, no, no. It wasn't text. It was a phone call. I called you? I think so. Oh, that's because how you, you were know really I'm in out. crisis. If I have to sit there, that's... That's, like, sign number one for her. No, 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 wait. If I'm like, hey, can I call you? That's, yeah, that's, like, I need to drop whatever I'm doing. Like, either something scandalous just happened, or I am really emotional, and I need to be on a phone call with her, and I can't text it all out. No, I think you, okay, I think it started off as a text, and then you you asked me, like, hey, what are you doing? Like, do you, basically, do you have time to talk to me? Mm Mm-hmm. And then, I think you just said the sentence, like, I think I'm going to drop out of school. And I called you. And I called you. Because I was like, That sounds right. That sounds right. That sounds accurate. Wait a minute. Because that, those words would not come from me. No. Those words would not. Like you said, you're a nerd. I'm a nerd. And, and you need to see something through. Yeah. I never stop a project. I'm not the kind of person who's just like, oh, maybe I'll finish it later. And you're the type of person that doesn't like failure. No. And that's my biggest thing. And that was the hardest hurdle. And I think that was why you called me because you knew that was the thing that I was staring at. I was like, and that was the thing I told her. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm, I feel like a failure for even considering not finishing this degree. Like this is not what I do. I don't start something and not finish it. I don't fail at anything. I never failed a college course, but one of my classes I had a C minus in because I, and you had such a hard time with it. Oh my God. No, I'm, I was really surprised. I didn't cry when I found out how low my grade was, but I had just stopped turning shit in. So I was like, well, what do you expect, bitch? You haven't turned anything in. They're not going to pass you if you don't do the work. So I was, that's probably the reason why I didn't cry. Cause it's not like I tried and failed. I just yeah. stopped trying, but we had a long conversation about it. And basically it was Sasha talking to herself. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm so good at doing. You I'm like, so good at doing. Because I, I spiral. Like, <laughs> you heard my rant about Midnight Sun. That's literally what happens when I'm on the phone with Nalani and I'm in she crisis. She basically helped herself. I mean, I'm proud I mean, that sounds terrible, terrible on my part, but it's like with Sasha, when she's such in a manic, like, state where mm-hmm. it's, like, panic and, like, questioning things and feeling like a failure, she is just talking a mile a minute yeah she's just going on different tangents but about then all going, the ways it can be wrong circling back to her first main point then going back to her other point yep. and then circling back again yep. and then to <laughs> emphasize this other point i really don't give you space to help like I, you don't you just i'm i'm sorry if you call it's like telling me okay this is what's happening da, da, da. but you know what i could do this and maybe i can try that and i'm like girl cook. wait <laughs> you're like um hello i'm hello. on the other line can you can we wait for a minute i, was, I had a okay i'm just okay oh okay you're not done okay so 
Yeah, that's that is what happens when you're on the phone with me. Yeah. And I'm in manic crisis state like that. But it's just to give you that I think what what works best with Sasha is giving her the space mm-hmm. to talk it out. Mm-hmm. Cuz it's funny, I'm not a verbal processor, but I feel like it's stupid, but it's completely how my brain works. I call you when I'm panicking and I rant for like 45 minutes straight with no break, but I do it because that silent support of, like, I'm not panicking alone is what Mm. calms me down. It's dumb because she's literally said, like, six things in this entire time as I'm going back and forth between, like, should I make this choice? Should I do this? I don't know. She said said nothing until the very end of our conversation. But having that, like, silent support where, like, I'm not pacing in my room like a real true sociopath talking to myself helps. (laughs) And she just instinctively knows that about me. Yeah, I just feel like you talk about your, like, being able to vent, you're talking, you're talking out your self-doubt. Yeah. And you're really yeah, like, you're right. no, this is dumb for me to think of that because I can do this, this, and that. And you're, like, portraying your other options. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So. And then you come in on the back end with the support of, like, you're not a failure. If you need to make this choice for yourself, I recognize that it's difficult, but make that choice for yourself if it's going to make more sense for you like Mm -hmm. there's no point in putting yourself through this if it's not working yeah and that was literally the only thing that I needed because I did make the choice to discontinue that degree and then I got a different degree so I'm like you're happier yeah I'm much happier with the degrees that I have obviously I'm doing online school was not something that didn't work it was doing that degree was just not gonna work for me and I think change is always scary yeah because you're coming out of your comfort zone Mm mm-hmm even though it's a shitty comfort zone, it was just like, this is what I do. This is what I'm working for. Right. But then, like, totally not doing it and dropping out, you're like, whoa, 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 what am I going to do with myself right now? Right. And that was, like, the fear of the failure, the fear of, like, I shouldn't not, I should do this. I should just get through it. And it was like, if I don't do this, what am I doing afterwards? Like, why am I even bothering working in this field if I'm not going to dedicate to this degree? Like, yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway. Crisis averted. I was okay. So we're okay. <laughs> we're okay. okay. We made it through. We are good. So I guess your takeaway in that space is learn your person and what they need from you yes. in that moment. And we will help you with some do's and don'ts. Yeah, so some do's and don'ts for being a good friend during this time or any kind of crisis. We're gonna we're starting with the don'ts, right? Yes. Yeah, so okay. we're gonna we're gonna do something bad and then end with a positive. Yeah. End them high. End them high. So yeah. Going so do you want to start? I'll start. I'll do my first don't. So my I'm sorry. I'm harsh. This is who I am. I'm a naturally blunt person. I love you all. Up top. We're just gonna start with that. First, don't. Don't take everything too personally. If your friend is having a hard time and they're doing something that is either slightly out of character for them or that you just don't like, like they're pulling away more and they're not talking to you as much, don't take that personally. Don't think that it's like, oh, they don't like me anymore. No, they're just going through something right now. They're having a rough time and it's not, I'm sorry, it's not about you. If they're in crisis, they have something crazy going on with them. It's about them in that moment. And that's really where you need to shift your focus to. It's like they're not being short with you or not talking to you or whatever it may be because they don't like you anymore or they want to end the friendship all of a sudden is because they have something going on. Yeah. And it's just like crisis. Crisis is, what is it, crises? 
Crises, yeah. Crises. <laughs> <laughs> Your face when pronouncing that. So good. <laughs> they just bring, they can bring the worst out of people. Yeah. And it's just, it's that fight or flight uh-huh. type of response. So uh-huh. it's like, do I need to be brash with you and get agitated a little bit? Or do I just like push you away? It's just, you never know how people are going to cope. Yeah. Like you said. Yeah. And you got to not take it against yourself. Yeah. What's your don't? Okay. So, a don't that I have is, yeah, definitely don't say something out of anger or frustration. Yeah. I don't think yeah. it helps the situation. Mm-hmm. Um, it can de- definitely escalate mm-hmm. to either losing that friend. Um, really hurting someone's feelings. Yeah. Saying things you cannot take back. Mm-hmm. That's like one of my number one rules in fighting, actually, in any relationship. You like, can't fight dirty. Friendship, romantic, anything. Never say something out of anger. And that was something my mom taught me when I was really young. She's like, you, can, you can't take back the words that you say to someone, but you can control what words come out of your mouth. So don't say it if you're pissed. Like, you yeah. might not mean it. You might not feel that way, but you're mad and you want to say it in that moment. So don't do it. Yeah, and it's just like... You don't know what this person's going through. What if they're suicidal? Like, I always think, like, what if they're suicidal? And this is, like, I push- the straw that breaks the camel's back. Right. Like, right. I pushed you too far. Mm-hmm. And then and then how are you going to feel? Mm-hmm. It's a terrible burden to have to live with. I'm like, yeah. no one, hear us out, no one forces anyone into making that decision. It is a personal decision. And if you've mm-hmm. lost someone to it, don't, don't let that be on your soul of this is my fault. It's not, that is a personal decision. But... That is a shitty weight to live with of, like, fuck, this is the last thing I said to them. Yeah. And it's just, it's really hard to work past that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, please just don't. Don't do that. Just don't. Just <laughs> don't. That's what we're going to say. Just don't. Um, okay, so my next don't. Don't belittle someone else's struggle just because you can't relate. Yeah, I have that one, too. Yeah. And I think probably, you probably have the same reason why you put it on your list. Uh, we have been, even though we're like, we're the same age, we've gone through a lot of the same shit. We've been in different places in our lives together many a times. Like mm-hmm. you've gone through something that I haven't experienced. I've gone through something that you haven't experienced. And I feel like when we come to each other in those moments of like, Hey, I'm really struggling with this. Hey, I don't really know about this. Like I don't have a boyfriend who has epilepsy. I don't have any experience with the pain that you've gone through or the stress that you've gone through. But I never like in that day that you came to me and you're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know if this is something I can, I'm strong enough to, I, I would have been a terrible person to you if I would have belittled your struggle just because I didn't know what that was like. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been the worst, that literally the worst response. If I was like, ha, can't relate. Hope you deal later. Like, oh my God, no. Or do the other reaction, like the Kourtney Kardashian, like, Kim, there's people literally dying. (laughs) Right, right. Just dismiss it. Just dismiss. Like, is he dead? No. So leave me the fuck alone. Does he have cancer? No. Yeah. That's, no. Yeah, and oh, I hate that. I hate comparing another, like, illness to something else. I'm like, shut up. Because you don't, you don't understand. You don't know the struggle. You don't understand the yeah. struggle. So just no. Yeah. Don't, don't belittle what someone else is going through. Because it might just be, it might be difficult for that person to open up to you. Yeah. And then you just like cut off that communication from you belittling them. And it's just like. And now they'll well, never do it again. Yeah. They, they won't trust you. They will never open up to you Being again. vulnerable is really hard. Mm-hmm. And I think you should just let them have that space. Yeah. I feel like one of these days we're going to need to do an episode of like 
what it takes to build a strong friendship because I do believe that you and I have a really strong friendship. And Mm -hmm. I've talked to people like our age, slightly older than us who are like, yeah, I don't have that kind of connection with my best friend where like I can tell her she's wrong or I can come to her upset about something that she did to me and know that I'm not going to lose her as a friend. And I feel like that's something you and I can do to each other where we can be like, look, you said this and it hurt my feelings. And we know for a fact that we're not going to get like mad at each other or belittle the other person's emotions in that time like we have a lot of respect and a lot of honesty between the two of us and I think that comes with we didn't do any of these don'ts the first time that we ran into these situations with each other like you've never belittled my feelings even though I'm constantly in crisis you you never (laughs) I'm not like again Sasha which honestly is warranted but (laughs) You don't, and I think that's great, and I think that's the reason why I open up to you and why I feel comfortable being vulnerable with you, because I, I'm never comfortable being vulnerable with people, but... Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, you've been so just supportive and never belittling, like, the small things that stress me out or the big things that stress me out, that it makes it easier to come to you. Yeah. Okay. You have another don't, or was our don't, our don't the same? Our don't was the same. Our don't was the same. Okay, so last don't um, is also very similar. Don't make every conversation about you. Yeah. It's it's a dick move. It's a dick move, number one. <laughs> and number two, it's really hard to get to know someone and for them to feel comfortable talking to you if you never give them the space to talk. Like... No, you can't be vulnerable in that. It's just like, if I have a crisis mm-hmm. and you come at me and you're like, well, you don't know how I feel... I hate those conversations. I hate that type of fight. That's it's like, like the worst you know phrase. What? You're right. Fine. Okay. <laughs> Go ahead. You win. Do you want a prize? I didn't know we were competing for the worst shit pile, but sure, yours stinks more. Like, it's like, yeah, I was hurt, but please tell me more about how it made you feel. Let me just stop hysterically crying so I can hear what's going on with uh, you I'm right now. I'm getting triggered with this. <laughs> Breathe. Don't. Breathe. Breathe. It happens so much that it's just so annoying. Like, that... Yeah. That should have been on top of my... It should have been on top of your... I'm glad that I put it on mine because... I I just... You block it out. That's how bad it is for you. You blacked it out. But I feel like not only only that, I think this creates such a one-sided relationship where, like, if one person is constantly coming to the other person with, like, this is what's going on with me, you'll never guess what's going on with me, this is what my problem is, this is what my crisis is, and never gives the other person space to talk, and if the other person does come to them, they switch it really quick back to talking about themselves, this creates a really strong one-sided relationship, because that person who's not getting heard is never going to talk to you. They're never going to feel comfortable opening up with you. Yeah, and it's, like, a little circle of trust. Like, Mm -hmm. we're all in the circle of trust, but you're not because you suck. Because you suck, (laughs) and you never listen, and you just always barge in, like, hey, listen to my drama today. And it's like, I I love you, I want to be there for you, I want to support you, but this has to go both ways. And I think that's really important in in any kind of crisis situation is if someone calls you upset, please Dear sweet Lord baby Jesus, don't let the first thing you say to them be like, oh my god, that totally reminds me of the time that my nail technician messed up my nail. No. No. Mm -mm. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm hanging up. I'm hanging up. It's like, it's rules that we were taught as children. Treat people how you would want to be treated. Yes. Thank you. It's plain plain and simple. If I don't want you to cut me off when I'm calling you in crisis, don't fucking do it. Yeah, and, like, the thing that me and Matt always do is that when we have arguments or we say something, 
we're all human. So we say, sometimes we say things that are kind of hurtful or mm-hmm. we don't do it in the best way. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the person is like, they don't understand why we're upset. <laughs> my thing I like to pull is like, reverse it. If you were in my position right now and I had said that to you, how would you feel about it? And then Matt's usually like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, He's like oh. you're right. Okay. And it's really good when he does it to me and I'm like, oh, touche. Touche. You got me. It's like, not only do I understand this moment, like, but I'm so proud that you've right? learned. <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. Okay. Some, some do's. Do you want to start with yours? Yes. You go first. Sorry, my phone left. It's okay. Do what you do. Okay. So the first do is communicate. Mm-hmm. So if you aren't feeling good, please speak up. Mm-hmm. And if you feel that something is off with your friend, relative, whoever, just be honest about it and open up that conversation because, you know, some people don't like to be vulnerable or they're too scared to. Yeah. And it's just like, give them that outlet to where... You're like, hey, I'm a safe space for you to talk about whatever you're going through. I'm not going to force it. I'm not going to push you to talk about anything. Um, But if you want to, I'm here. Yeah, that's good. And I feel like the first part that you said where, like, when you feel something is off, just be open and be honest about it. I feel like that resonates strong with me because when I'm in a mood and I just don't want to talk, my number one thing is to just stop replying. And that's terrible. It's a it's a bad move. It's a bad habit that I have. So I try. I try hard. I'm not great at it, admittedly. But I try to be like, hey, I'm just not in a good headspace today. Yeah. And to just, like, warn up front, like, I'm probably not going to be replying to you. Or if I do reply, it's going to be really short. And it goes, it goes a long way. Because now they're not like, oh, are you mad at me? Or they're like, why aren't you replying to me? Or you don't have interest in me anymore or whatever, like the myriad of issues could be. It, it really helps to, to shut that down fast and just be like, no, this is something with me. And I just need some time. Yeah, I just, I feel like with us, we don't reply, like we stop replying, mm-hmm. but it's not like, oh, I'm mad at you or mm-hmm. something's going on. It's literally like, I got shit to do. I got shit and to I'm do. I'm pretty sure you have shit to do, too. I, or yeah. you're done with this conversation, and that's fine. That's fine, too. <laughs> like, I never get mad at you when you stop replying to me. I'm like, oh, she got busy. I'm probably cooking She's or cleaning. probably cooking or cleaning. <laughs> or, like you said, we're just done with this conversation. We don't need a closer. It's just... Goodbye, friend. <laughs> we don't We don't need that. It's done. Moving on. Talk to you in a day and a half. We don't need that. We. I feel like we used to do that all the time in high school. Dude, we used to have, like, long-ass conversations. They are funny. They were great conversations. But every text message conversation we had in high school would end with, like, okay, well, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to talk to you tomorrow. Like, I'll see you tomorrow. We used to. We used to do that. But, like, we don't don't need that. We grew that. We're like, bitch, we don't have time for this. I ain't got time for this. I'm fucking busy. But (laughs) stressing out being over a fucking millennial. Damn it. Everybody hates us. Everybody hates us. And we kind of hate ourselves because it's shitty (laughs) over here. I'm a Libra. You heard cancer. Fuck. It's all fucked. It's just all fucked. But anyway, what is a do for you? A uh, do for me is do be patient. Yes. I think that speaks for itself and goes a really long way. Pretty self-explanatory, guys. Yeah, and I feel like in crisis or not in crisis, be patient with the people that you care about. Like, it, it matters. It's important. And I feel like it's incredibly well-received when you're patient with someone. Like, if they're upset about something, if they're having a hard time communicating something, if they're having a hard time being vulnerable with you, extending that ability to just be a little patient is is great. And it's probably, like, one of the nicest things you can do to someone. 
Yeah, it's not, it's the worst thing when someone's trying to rush you. Yeah. Or make you say something or talk about your crisis or whatever. It's like, let me do it at my own time. Okay, I'm going to get there, but we, you just got to relax a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, what's yours? So my next one is check-in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, some people are human. There might be a friend, family member, acquaintance that's too proud to admit that they're in a crisis. True, good point. Or they're too embarrassed to reach out Mm -hmm. and they just don't know how to start that conversation. So Mm -hmm. if you just notice that, you know, like again, something's off, they're not acting normal, you can kind of see some red flags, reach out to them. Check in. Take that initiative. You don't need to be like a counselor starting a session. Just be like, hey, like, you need to talk about anything, let me know, call me, text me, FaceTime me, whatever. I'm, I'm here. Again, open that conversation up. Yeah. To make them feel comfortable. Yeah. I want to put a coronavirus caveat on that and say checking in, I completely agree, is incredibly important. If you are going through, like, mutual crisis, like we all are right now with everything that's happening, and you just don't have the energy to be the person who's checking in, don't beat yourself up for that. Like, oh, yeah, that's perfect for your next one. Yeah, yeah. So, which I think we both shared of please do take care of your own mental health as well. And so if you if you are just not in the mental space, if you yourself are having your own emotional crisis that you're going through and you want to be that good friend for your, your people, for your friends, you want to be checking in on them, but you just can't find the emotional strength to do it, don't kill yourself for making that choice and not checking in because honestly, you're not going to help someone if your own mental health is not good. Like if I'm the days that I'm in a shitty emotional space, I don't check in with Milani. Yeah. I could kill myself for that. I could be super upset with myself. Like, wow, I'm not being a good friend to her. Like what if she had a shitty day and now I didn't check in on her and see how she was doing, but I would have done nothing helpful in that moment. If I would have checked in on her, like I would have been faking it and she would feel it. And that doesn't help anything. Yeah. No, I absolutely love this role, and this is something that I always tell my clients. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, when you're a survivor of a crime, it's just, it's really easy, it's really easy to fall under that pattern of, like, well, I'm going through this, and I'm being, I have to be really hard on myself because other people around me are being affected. It's like, no, I think you need to take care of you first because you can't be worried about what other people are, are feeling and thinking. You are entirely in charge of yourself, mm-hmm. and you... You're the most important person in your life. Mm-hmm. Because without you, you cease to exist. Yeah. And then also, it's just, just take that moment to yourself. Mm-hmm. Take that moment. Like you said, you cannot help anybody else if you're in a bad, in a bad mood or if you're not in the best yeah. uh, mental space. But it's just kind of, kind of be selfish. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, don't look at it as you're being selfish. Because I feel like that's always, at least that's my mental stumble block yeah. where I'm like, oh, I'm being selfish. I shouldn't be this way. It's not. It's literally being responsible. Like, like self, okay, maybe not selfish, self-nourishment. Yeah, there you go. Take that, take that responsibility to nourish yourself first before you try and give to someone else. Yeah, and I always, I love this TED Talk about the oxygen mask. Oh, yes, yes. You, uh, you guys need to to listen to that pot, uh, that um, TED Talk. Great TED Talk. I can't even remember who did it, but it's, it's great. It's about, like, service workers or, like, mental health professionals. Mm-hmm. It's geared to towards them or, like, 
like nurses, doctors. Like care professionals. Yeah, they're care professionals. Um, yeah, she uses this analogy like in an airplane, if something were to happen, you need to put on your oxygen mask first because mm-hmm. without oxygen, you can't help those around you. Right. So use that in your daily daily life practices. Yeah. Is that you need to take care of yourself before you can even try or even attempt to take care of anyone else. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I think that's like a major one. Yeah, I would agree. we agree on. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's the next one for you? Um, Give space. Give space. I like that. Personally, I love that. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do. I need my space all the time. Yeah, you can't force vulnerability. Yeah. I think that's what a lot of people struggle with. Especially when you see somebody you love. I mean, I can talk about this personally. There's people in my life that... You know, it's, mental health is, is something that they struggle with. Mm-hmm. And it's really hard to, to see that and to, to witness that. But at the same time, you can't force them to talk to you. Right. You can't force them to make any changes mm-hmm. unless they want to. Yeah. So just give them that space. Be able to be like, this is something that we can talk about when you're ready. Mm-hmm. I'm a safe space. I will listen to you. You can create the ground rules to where you feel comfortable while opening up. Yeah. Yeah. And I would say like from personal experience or someone like me, I have a hard time talking through what I'm currently going through. Like unless I'm in a real manic state and I'm calling like to talk through my own panic attack. (laughs) Um, (laughs) If I'm emotional and I'm not really sure why I'm emotional, I can't, I can't talk to you. Like you can call me and be like, Hey, I know something's up, like, you're not acting like you normally are, and I'm, I will agree with you, be like, yeah, something's definitely up, I'm not acting how I normally am, and they're like, okay, talk to me, what's going on, and I'm like, I, I don't know, I can't help you, I can't talk through this right now, like, I would love to, but I don't know, and I know the most productive conversations for me are when that happens, and someone's like, okay, I'm gonna give you space, and I'm gonna let you figure it out, and then come to me when you're ready, because I want to help you, and I want to support you, like, the people who push, and who are like, but how do you not know? What do you mean you don't understand how you're feeling right now? I'm like, bruh, you don't know what it's like on this side, okay? There's a lot. There's a lot of emotions over here. Yeah, you can't you can't do it with judgment because it's like people deal and cope in their own ways. Yeah. Yes, there are unhealthy ways of coping, mm-hmm. but there's ways of coping that works for that person. And maybe having space to figure it out like you yeah. will help. Yeah. So what's yours? I love it. Um, so my last one for my do's is do be honest. I think that is incredibly important in friendship, period. Mm-hmm. Um, especially important in crisis. Um, kind of goes hand in hand with one of Nalani's first ones where if you are not in a good space, be honest and open about it and tell your people, tell your support group, like, hey, I'm not, I'm not doing well right now. Or this is stressing me. This is what's going on with me. Um, but I feel like honesty goes such a long way in a relationship and can build such strength and such surety in your relationships that, especially during a crisis, don't lie to make other people feel better or to have, be like, oh, I don't want you to worry about me, so I'm not going to tell you what's going on with me. That's not going to help in that moment. It's not going to help in the long run. It's not going to help your relationship. So just be honest. Even if being honest is difficult or if being honest is saying like, hey, yeah, something's going on. I don't want to talk about it. That is still honest. Yeah. And even if you're the supporter, because mm-hmm. I get this a lot with 
with counseling too is that I have to be honest with my clients because I can't counsel my clients the same way all mm-hmm. across the board. Everybody has different patterns. And so I have to be honest, like, listen, I really want to help you. I don't know how to help you. What, tell me, what are some ways that you cope? Yeah. Tell me what works for you. Yeah. Do you need to do activities? Do we need to have a deep discussion? Do mm-hmm. you need to lead this conversation and need to be the one that is talking things out like you? Yeah. Or do you need me to be talking and kind of guiding you through healing? Mm-hmm. Like, what are the ways that works best for you? Mm-hmm. And that's something as a supporter, um, you can definitely mimic um, with your loved one. Yeah. I think that's great. Mm-hmm. Do you have another do or was that our last one? Let me see. Um, the last one is just be kind. Yeah. Be kind to yourself. Whether if it's you that's in a crisis, just know that, you know, sometimes it's just going to be dark days or dark moments, but they will pass mm-hmm. and things will get better. Mm-hmm. And that if you're a supporter on the other side, you know, I know it's really hard to see a loved one struggle. Yeah. But just knowing that they have your support and that you're there, that's the best thing that can that can happen. And just be kind to yourself that you're doing everything that you can to help that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like that. Do you want to do our next segment then? You feeling good about our do's and don'ts? Yes. That was really good. Yeah. I'm proud of us. <laughs> Look at us just giving advice. <laughs> right. All right, our next segment is Wifey Wisdom. So in this segment, we individually introduce an inspiring quote, life advice, or food for thought. Yeah. So am I going first or you? Um, You're going to go first. You need to find yours. Yeah, because I'm still scrolling to find mine. <laughs> ah, found it. Okay. Okay. So my quote is, again, from Pinterest. Unknown person. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why Pinterest does this. I hate it. But Way to go. I would love to give credit where it's due. One of these days, Pinterest, you're going to pick up. There's some that have uh, the author, but anyway. Sign your quotes, people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this quote is, dear best friend, always remember that you can wake me up at night if there's something wrong. And yes, I really love sleep, but you're more special to me. Aw. And this, I feel, is a really cute quote towards Sasha because true. true I do love my sleep she I think does. all of us we both we love both our love sleep. our sleep we definitely both it's love amazing. our sleep it's amazing when we can get it it's amazing god I love to sleep <laughs> but you know I I'm that type of person whether it's a friend or a loved one I will stay up yeah and talk with you mm-hmm. until you're okay because knowing that you're not okay it doesn't make me feel okay right like I need to know that you're in a space where you feel safe that you feel that you feel loved and you feel um supported because I think that's, you know, it's really hard when when you're battling something and you're alone doing it. Yeah. But yeah. I just want to let you know that I, I have your back. Thank you. No matter what. I feel that. I do. And I will sacrifice my shitty sleep. <laughs> Make it even worse just to be there. <laughs> and I mean, and I think that's something that we both have done for each other and for others multiple times in our friendship. So if you... Also, it's just like a, be, be that person for someone in your life. It is very rewarding. For the one day that you le- lose sleep for it, it is incredibly rewarding knowing that you were there for someone like that. So. Yeah, and, you know, I mean, if somebody is suicidal, it could make a, a difference for someone mm-hmm. reaching out and staying up with them 
and it could save a life, honestly. Not to sound cheesy, but it, it, it's kind of true. It really could, yeah. But love is, is sometimes sacrificing, and if that's sleep, I am 100% okay doing that. Yeah, likewise, babe, likewise. Call me when that But hurts. I do love my sleep. I know, I know, we both do. <laughs> it's funny, you struggle if I call you late at night in crisis, and I'm like, hey, I really need to talk. I struggle if you call me early in the morning, and you're like, hey, I really need to talk. I'm like, fuck, here we go. Okay, it's 7 a.m., I'm answering this call, though. I'm answering this call. I like the call. times where I, I'm able to catch you on an early morning, mm-hmm. and you're like, wait. I need my coffee right now. <laughs> I'm like groggy, like sleep red. You're like what happened? Yawning as I'm answering the phone. But she is on an incredibly short list of people where like I hear my phone ring. It's 630 in the morning. I'm off. I don't need to be up today. I'm still answering the phone. You're like, how did you have a life crisis this, this early? early? <laughs> how did it already happen? Nothing should be awake right now. Yeah. But I'm here, sacrificing my sleep for you, because I love you. Okay. What's yours? My quote is super short tonight, and it is by one of my favorite poets. His name is Samuel Taylor Coolidge, uh, English poet, super old, super dead, because... Super old, <laughs> super dead, super dead, super dead. Like, right. didn't just die 50 years ago, died several hundred years ago, so like... His casket is deteriorating. That's how dead dead is. He's dead dead. He's dead dead. But that's, you know, my life. Um, So (laughs) this quote, which is really short, is friendship is a sheltering tree. And I truly believe that that is accurate and real. I think when, especially when you're going through something difficult or dark in your life, friendship can really be that sheltering tree for you, that, that cover from a storm and that that place that you run to just for a little bit of safety, for a little bit of privacy, for for help and for comfort when in times like that. And I think because of how transformative and restorative friendship is, it's something that we personally value and I think everyone really values when you have the ability to have someone like that in your life and have that strong of a friendship. It's something that you treasure and you really try to hold on to. So I am deeply grateful for you and all of these years of me constantly texting you in crisis yeah and I (laughs) I love it I mean it's so cute that you you compared it or the quote compared it to like a plant like a tree oh yeah because friendships are because we love our plants we're we're plant mamas now we're plant mamas now but then also it's just it's true like with plants things grow sometimes they die off or Mm -hmm. wither Mm -hmm. but ultimately if you tend to it and you care for it the proper way sorry griffin just came in (laughs) one of my dogs just burst into my room when we're in the middle of like this emotional moment and he's just like hey love me like puts his paws up on me and then now he's just staring at my bedroom door like okay i'm done i like to leave now really bro the room was too sappy (laughs) god anyway back to your beautiful analogy yeah, but yeah, you have to tend to your friendships, you have to care for it, love it. And I think um, you have to weather those dark moments, too. Like, trees lose their leaves in mm-hmm. fall and winter, and you can't just abandon it in that time. You have to still be there. So, I mean, if your crisis is looking kind of dark and you don't really have any leaves on it, don't abandon that relationship. Be there and nurture it and, and know that it's going to flourish again. 
Yeah, and then it's just like when you have all these beautiful blossoms, it just makes it that much more special. Yeah. So I love it. I think that was great. We're so cute. We're so sappy today. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. Hit us with the social media. All the things. All the things. Yes. So uh, remember to like and subscribe on any of your podcast listing platforms for us. We really, really appreciate it. Drop us a rating if you have a chance. We'd love you for that. Um, follow us on our Instagram at on Wednesdays we drink podcast and on our Twitter at OWWD podcast. And I think that's it. That's all I got. Yes. And thank you, Sasha, for doing all the wonderful things to help make this podcast possible. Oh, you're so sweet. What's with the sappiness? What's going on? I have to go. I have to finish this through and through. Look at you with all your love. (laughs) (laughs) All right. As we're going to close this out. Yes. Remember to keep it wicked. And seize the day by the cup full. Bye, Bye, love. love.